I didn't, I would have never guessed that Dolores like sequence, but you know, the more you know. Excuse me, miss. Yeah? Would you give that mannequin something new to wear? She likes sequins. <laughs> oh my God. Uh... Here's Johnny. Good morning. Morning. Hello, sweetie. Nobody puts baby. afraid of how much they love me. Hello and welcome to our fifth episode. We are so excited to have you here. So let's get right into the news. We're starting off with it's kind of like I don't know I don't know how to describe it I guess. Um, a lot of people were sad that TikTok is getting banned or was getting banned. We still don't know because of Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump's really executive order. Ridiculous. It, it really is. I mean... Why waste <sighs> an executive order on a social media platform? He's mad about the... What, what the, like, show or whatever? Yeah, he just got he mad about the kids that got all his tickets and made his numbers look really big and then nobody actually yeah. showed up. <laughs> so, yeah. that was funny. But it's like... It's not the end of the Come world. on, dude. But, I mean, the, the part about, like, the data that they're storing it is a little bit iffy but like, but why here's is it just the now? thing everyone's storing our data like we know that every single social media honestly like they're gonna take over the world let's be real <laughs> like all these social media platforms that are slowly like they could be cloning us for all we know but you know i still love my phone i'm still gonna use it <laughs> i think the problem is that it's backed by china yeah i think that's it but anyways, it might be acquired by Microsoft. It's still like there's talks about it. As of right now, it still hasn't happened because it it does require like Microsoft would have to take on basically this whole new area that they haven't really delved into much. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. You know, Microsoft bought Minecraft that one time and that was a big money move. So maybe it'll work out like that did for Microsoft. Okay. You showed me the other day this life regression <laughs> thing. It's trending on TikTok, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's a video from like 2013 <laughs> that people were, um, were using to witness their past life or, you know, experience their past life. I tried it. Did you try it? Okay, I've been scared to try it. By the way, the video is by Brian Weiss, or W-E-I-S-S. -S. I don't know. I haven't heard it because I'm too scared. Because some people talk about how they remember how they were, like, murdered and stuff. And I'm like, I, I think I'll it's pass. It's like a meditation thing. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad with meditations, but my experience... Okay, so it started where I was just like, okay, I'm just going to lay down and see how this goes. And then as I was listening to it, I didn't realize, but I kind of fell asleep. Like, I was completely unaware that I was asleep. You know, when you can hear stuff and... Yeah, yeah, I like get it. it like <laughs> You're half asleep, so you're listening and you're just experiencing it, but 
like I wasn't paying attention. I kept trying to tell myself, keep paying attention, tune into what he's saying. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was asleep. But anyway, I had a weird dream. Don't remember it. But I remember waking up and being like, that was weird. So maybe that was a life regression. I don't think it was. I think it was a My Hero Academia related dream. I'm going to be real. <laughs> but uh, there was a meadow. Anyway. Maybe it was. I don't know because I don't. I did, okay, honestly, I didn't really believe in it. I was like, whatever. Like, they're probably just making it up because people are like, oh my god. Like, um, I think there was one girl who's trying to claim that she was like Marilyn Monroe or something like that, and I was like, nah, you're okay. But then you, my friend Marilyn, you wish <laughs> literally. But then my friend, um, she sent me the, this like Snapchat video of her, and she was like sniffling because she was like she had just been kind of like crying over her experience with it because she remembered her past life and she it was like really sad and I was like that's kind of when I started to like take more notice into it and I guess maybe believe it a little bit more because it's coming from my friend and she wasn't like lying about it like she literally told me how she remembered that stuff and I was like oh my god maybe I should try it but every time I remember to do it it's like late at night and <laughs> I'm just afraid that I like I'll remember like something about getting like murdered or like chopped up or something (laughs) i think i'm just bad at meditation so that's why it didn't work for me but like there's no harm in trying and of course i think experiences like this are the kinds of things that you can actively choose to back out of if something gets too intense Mm because it's your mind and if you start feeling uncomfortable you can just like open your eyes and regain an attention to like life and stuff yeah, dreams are weird. Life is weird. It's so strange. Do you ever think about, like, in the video, he talks about deja vu and how sometimes you can, like, know a place or you'll remember a place and you'll see a place or, like, reoccurring dreams. And I just think of all the reoccurring dreams I've had. Recently, I've had a lot of dreams about dogs. It's really weird. I keep having a dream where I have a dog and I keep forgetting the dog exists. And then halfway through the dream, I'm like, oh my god, I haven't fed my dog since the dream <laughs> That might began. be like an anxiety dream. It's, But it's really strange. I don't have a dog. I've never had a dog. The dog changes. Like, last time it was like a golden retriever. The time before that, it was a poodle. It's just getting really out of hand how many times I've had these dog dreams. And I'm like, what? Do I? Does it want me to get a dog? Does it want me to never get a dog? Because it won't take care of it. I don't know what this dream is trying to tell me. Maybe I owned a dog in my past life and I forgot to feed it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it's all the dogs from your past life coming to warn you. You know, dreams. Dreams are weird. Dreams, I don't know. What are, what are they? What do they mean? Where do they come from? Where do they go? Oh my god. Sorry, I just remembered I had some really whack dreams this morning. Sorry, I'm going on a full-on dream tangent. <laughs> but like it was like a sleep paralysis dream, but it wasn't oh sleep paralysis, but it was sleep paralysis. There was this uh, like I was in this room and I knew it was a dream. And then I saw this figure. It was like a girl in a gown, but I don't think she was like a little girl. It was like a woman in a gown but I could never see her face it was like the perspective I was at I always saw from like her chin and below and I was just like get out of here but she kept teleporting and then there was this person in front of me and she teleported between me 
and this person and I could hear his screams and I was like I have to get up I have oh to wake God. up and then I I like forced myself awake but the thing is I couldn't move and I was just like she has me and I was like this is terrible but anyway that's sleep paralysis and I don't know I also listened to the life regression thing last night so maybe wait a minute <laughs> oh my God. are they connected did it cause my sleep paralysis hold on no I think it was unrelated. Oh my god. But sleep paralysis, not fun. Do not try it. <laughs> do not. Like, we can go later on, maybe we'll do a little bit more of an episode on sleep paralysis, like astral projecting, all that, because it's it's a Bro. whole trip. It's a whole trip. On some darker news, um, Ellen DeGeneres has, for the past months, been kind of exposed continually been exposed for like the bad person she is at first it was um her employees or past employees coming out and talking about all the just the strict or the weird things she did where like they couldn't look her in the eyes she wouldn't say hi to them when they're passing and you know then more people started coming out with experiences on how she was mean rude to them there was actually like a twitter thread about people who were just like writing their experiences with with her and how how much did how much it sucked and then recently it's been getting a little bit worse um there was i saw this news report on a guy who claimed to have been like bullied severely bullied by her called been called like fat and like other derogatory terms ever since he was like a little kid and she was an adult even further than that there's been like allegations of sexual misconduct. This is Future Alana here just to clarify that the allegations of misconduct are directed towards executive producers of the show and not Ellen herself, just to make that clear. I mean, 2020, dude, like, it's good that it's coming out, but it's so weird to think about because her whole message was like, be nice or be kind or whatever. And she's like, I think not that at all. There are a lot of people that create images for themselves to. It's really interesting. I remember there were the videos coming out with people like, what's her name? Dakota Johnson from Fifty mm-hmm. Shades of Grey. Have yeah. you watched that one? Yeah. It's so cringy. But it was when. Because it seems a pattern on Ellen's shows that she will trap her guests into saying something um, that is embarrassing or kind of shaming and so in a way she was trying to trap Dakota into admitting that she didn't invite Ellen to her birthday party but Dakota pulled a whole Uno reverse and was like actually Ellen I did invite you you just never showed up you said you were busy and Ellen's face was just it was like that kind of mask off kind of face where she realized she'd done oofed but (laughs) but basically yeah there's a lot of things coming out against her and a lot of ways that in her show you can see that sometimes she does like to laugh at people's failure um laugh at people when they're in a state of embarrassment or discomfort which yeah supports this idea that she's not as amazing as she presents herself to be so hopefully as things continue to develop we will see some kind of accountability 
in some way. I, I don't know. I think she did come but out with some type of like half-assed apology video. Everybody can make an apology video. We've been keeping up with this YouTube drama. <laughs> We've seen what in a quote-unquote apology is. I think that sometimes, yeah, people use apologies to save their image rather than actually consider what they've done and reflect on what they've done. I don't think it saves your image. I don't think it saves their image because I feel like people can see through their deceit a lot of the times and it just makes them be like more hateable. Yeah. I don't know. Hollywood's shady in general, so... (laughs) There was like an announcement for Mulan about how Disney Plus is bringing Mulan to, well, Disney Plus. But the thing is, it's charging $30 for it. Wait, the cartoon movies Mulan? No, the, the live, like, action. live action. Like they're charging $30 even if you already have a a membership. A yeah, a subscription. Dude, We've been talking about how Disney's just turning into more and more of a money grab. It's so bad because what I really don't like is that Disney is a company that has the money to produce amazing things and has the money to... Like, I I think about these live-action releases. I'm not dissing Mulan at all. I'm just thinking of things like The Lion King that... Like, not dissing them, just saying that Disney has the ability to put its resources into new creative content and instead mm-hmm. chooses to profit off of nostalgia, which I think shows that they care more about the money than they do about the original intent of Disney, which was like family oriented entertainment. I don't know. Basically, this just seems like just another money grab for Disney. That doesn't make sense because you already have a subscription for Disney+. Plus. I understand that Mulan was supposed to come out into theaters, but why not make it like a movie ticket charge instead of $30, which is more yeah. than the price of a DVD release for a movie that will probably end up in, on Disney Plus for free a year later. <laughs> like, It seems like a shady business choice. Yeah, I mean, even though you weren't trying to like diss the other live actions that they've done they've done some really bad ones like the kim possible one <laughs> and just others were like disney like, channel original movies we can diss those that's I'm a sorry. whole nother story disney like, channel original movies are already on a an interesting level we should watch some i love well i love the older ones the newer ones not so much but um yeah just like Disney Channel, Disney in general has gone on a nostalgia route that isn't healthy because a lot of times it's not for love of the actual content, but more of the money aspect of it. Meaning that the content that they're using doesn't have the original heart of the film or the original heart of the show. On some newer content being created, David Jobrick, the popular YouTuber, is now hosting a new competition show called Dodgeball Thunderdome, which, I mean, it's it's interesting to see this new, like, obviously there had already been, like, people from the YouTube world who have been transitioning into more, like, traditional media, like, um, Liza Koshy with her new, um, with her new Netflix movie, but... 
I guess it's it's interesting because I've watched a lot of David Droge's videos and I've listened to his podcast and he always kind of talked about wanting to be a host and wanted to do like late night or something like that. And it's nice seeing at least his mm-hmm. dreams like kind of coming true and him being able to go more into that. Yeah, I looked at it and okay, here's what I, it looks like a dodgeball version of Wipeout. And I was just thinking about how, yeah. okay. Let's be real, dodgeball can be a very dramatic sport. And part of me actually wants a full-on dodgeball reality TV series. Forget all the stunts and the random like <laughs> bouncy trampoline stuff. Why not actually put people play dodgeball? Get some really good camera angles of like people doing slow motion dodge cuz dodgeball games, I remember high school, like dodgeball games could get lit, they could get scary, they get intense. You have the drama already in dodgeball itself. So when I said, forget the Thunderdome, have a full-on dodgeball tournament. Dude. Oh my god, dodgeball is... Because you don't really need those it's funny. stunts. Because dodgeball in itself. But it's it's also, it's it's David Dobrik. He probably wants like... The extra. <laughs> the extra. The extra pain. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to watch like it. Like I said, I'd prefer to see a full-on dodgeball tournament rather than this kind of wipeout version of it. Yeah. But if you're interested, I don't know. I think I'm just not that into like I wasn't even into wipeout that Mm-mm. much. Cuz I feel like after a while it kind of gets repetitive. Like they're all kind of going through the same obstacle. I kind of just feel bad cuz they just get hit by stuff. And like <laughs> You know, it's like, "Oh, <laughs> Ow. Sucks to suck. (laughs) 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 Welcome to today's main course. This is part two for Umbrella Academy. The first time we went, uh, we talked about Umbrella Academy. We did a kind of recap and review of the first two episodes. But this time, Stephanie has watched the whole series And I was thinking we could talk about some major points. Devoured it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We could talk about some major points in character relationships. Spoiler alert for (laughs) Umbrella Academy season one, of course. Encourage y'all to watch it. But if you don't watch it, you you know, you can still listen to this. Just, you know, spoilers. (laughs) Last time I mentioned a lot how much I hate Luther. So this time I can fully articulate why. I just wanted you to watch everything first before I went into how much I hate this character. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then towards the end, we can give our thoughts about what we want to see from season two. Yes, which it, by the time this podcast goes up, it will yes. be up like season two. So definitely go give that a watch as well. All right, let's eat. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking I should I was like should I start like this new like let's eat kind of thing for the anyway. First I want to talk about what I would like to call the Vanyakalypse. Oh my god. So literally the entire is. season centers around the fact that this dysfunctional family needs to come together in order to avoid the impending apocalypse. And Funnily enough, the sibling that they left out of everything and wrote off as ordinary ended up being the apocalypse catalyst. So, yes. Vanya, 
let's be real. It was obvious she wasn't ordinary from the start. We were just yeah. waiting for that reveal. It would be difficult not to make it obvious because you want people to like kind of guess at it. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody's like, Banya's not special. It's just like when you emphasize it that much, you, you catch on pretty quickly that um, actually there's a little more to this character than meets the eye. However, I did not see her. I did not see her being the cause of the apocalypse until like way like. Yeah, the extent. Like, yeah, after half after I got halfway through the season is when I was like, hold up. Yeah. Is she? <laughs> she that powerful? It's like, how, how powerful is she? And how destructive can she be? She thought she wasn't special. But then Leonard shows up. <laughs> um, at this point, we can declare Leonard a creep. Oh, and a murderer. That too. <laughs> He's like a serial killer. He was, this man was a pile of red flags. Like, first off, I remember it was like episode four uh, Vanya was talking about how he he knew her better than anyone else. And I was like, y'all have known each other for like two days. And this man knows everything about you better than your own family sketch. And let me tell you, he was showing those manipulative tendencies early on. Like when someone's manipulating you, they bring up things you don't like. So he was like, oh, your sister was in the Umbrella Academy and you weren't. They bring those things up and then they relate to you uh, on a level that's too good to be true. So he was like, oh, you don't like that? Neither do I. And it's like, oh, my God, this man, this man, (laughs) too many red flags. He was too relatable. He was too normal, too bland. Leonard seems perfectly charming, perfectly thoughtful, perfect, really. But I've been around long enough to note that when something seems too perfect, it's usually anything but. When his backstory was shown... It was so icky. Like, it just it made me very feel icky. weird. This, like, I love watching, like, true crime podcast, watching, listening to true crime podcasts and things like that. But he just, to me, he just seemed kind of like a cockroach. <laughs> he, he was just the lowest of good the lowest. Good description, good description. <laughs> yeah, he, he was not great at all. But... He brought out Vanya's powers. Still not a good thing. Not a good thing. He started messing with her meds and taking them away and throwing them away, murdering people for her benefit. You know, the the normal boyfriend stuff. And (laughs) but that's when we, we started to see Vanya change and Vanya. Yeah, Vanya evolve as a character. In the beginning, she was always wearing these neutral gray colors, but... The more she was off her meds, the more she started wearing kind of blue, like deep blue colors. It started with lighter grayish blues, and then it was a full-on vibrant blue. And I was like, it's very interesting how they're showing that she, as a person, is becoming more vibrant. And trait-wise, she she was more outspoken than she used to be. When Mm -hmm. she used to allow her family to talk over her, she started to speak out about how she felt disrespected in that household and it was like oh she's suddenly speaking for herself in a way that she never did before i have been left out of everything for as long as i can remember and i used to think it was dad's fault but he's dead so it turns out you're the assholes one of the things that kind of bothered me about him like helping her discover her powers was that now she's always going to associate that moment or 
her powers are that like when she's trying to recall how to do it or whatever with him which really sucks because mm. he's just a bad memory overall yeah. i embraced you i'm the only one who ever accepted you for who you really are it's really sad that this was the way that she came to the revelation of her powers i I can see possibly in season two some kind of development there that she might be a darker character in in general because of, you know, the, the gravity of this power. She really didn't like it in, from the get-go. She really didn't like how much power she had. It scared her. Um, reasonably so, <laughs> as we see. Yeah. You know, apocalypse. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really unfortunate that he will forever be attached to how she developed this power and by the way her powers to like the ability to harness sound and convert it to like energy um, yeah it's like resonance so she can I, I think it's like amplifying its frequency kind of um and it's just, really destructive yeah it's and really powerful yeah it's crazy like there's people out here like um, Luther with just strength, and then she's coming out here with the ability to like control <laughs> sound. It's crazy. She could just slap him with with the air. Literally, <laughs> like even the when she was put, she has. yeah, even when she was put into the soundproof room, like just with the sound of her heartbeat, I was like, oh my god, wow! It's she's unstoppable now. Well, maybe actually, if she was in space, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You just have to fling her into space. <laughs> But basically, on Earth, yeah, unstoppable. Well, <laughs> technically yeah. not, since at the end. <laughs> anyway, speaking of powers and powerful powers, something really interesting was Klaus's journey to sobriety. First off, Klaus goes on a journey in time, and <laughs> yeah. then he fell in love, became a soldier, lost his love in the front lines. Oh my god. This character was not only dealing with a drug addiction, but now he has war PTSD. Oh, and then there's the ghost thing. Like, he literally sees ghosts. This guy needs a break. But <laughs> Dude, it anyway. just shows you how the people who sometimes act the happiest or, you know, try to cheer everyone up, else up, like, have some really dark stuff that's happened to them. Like, I think he honestly might have, like, you know, Vanya went through a lot, but he constantly goes through a lot being able to see dead people and like how they died not all of them died pretty it's mm -mm. it's scary and you know we kind of put it together that the reason why he does drugs is because he's trying to like not see them and not tap into that because it is scary and now he's like because it's like he, he's like he he's found been, love yeah he found love and, and he lost, lost it, it. Oh. that's like the worst thing oh i feel so bad for him but this desire to see the person he lost inspires him to sober up, which ended up being one of the best things for him because he started stepping up like the levels that it, it, he hadn't explored his power really showed up after this. But yeah, he's really powerful. Yes, he can basically like conjure another person, another ghost and like utilize their strength which that's crazy powerful just from the fact that he has been oh that was the best part is seeing him figure out how to interact with ben who has been sitting on the sidelines this whole time so we've been waiting for this moment for ben to be part of the family again and 
Klaus tapping into his power and sobering up, he was able to gain an actual physical connection and bring Ben along for this fight against the apocalypse. Rightfully so. You just Patrick Swayze'd me. Uh, I didn't. You did. Last episode, we talked about, uh, I think I mentioned that he kind of had the worst powers because he had to like see dead people and that was really horrible. Yeah. But now... I kind of reconsidered it. I still wouldn't want his powers because I'm, I don't want to yeah. see dead people at all. But his ability to be able to bring them and whatever their powers are, like Ben, into like real life was pretty cool. It's like, And maybe he can do more. Yes. This is what I'm so excited for for season two. Like, If I'm excited for anything out of season two is to see how their powers have developed. But yeah, Klaus, it's not the power that you would really want, but it's definitely the power that you'd be like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just to see it in action. You don't want to deal with it yourself, but <laughs> there's some definitely useful ways that that power comes in handy quite a bit. Another thing that Klaus is able to do is he's actually able to contact their father. Unintentionally, but still. <laughs> he finds reginald and is like yo you're murdered dude what was that about and hargreaves was like oh my murder you mean my suicide and it was like what so hargreaves orchestrated his his death just to bring everyone together the only way to get you all back together is something momentous and I'm like, this man sucks even in death. Like, he literally... Who does that? Instead of founding an actual healthy relationship with his kids, he's just... Even his funeral was just a ploy. Like, that's so messed up. So extra for what? Yeah. Like, like you couldn't have faked your death. Come on, you're like a yeah, super yeah. genius person. <laughs> you can't fake a death. But then wouldn't that be worse? I mean... But, like, if you're trying to, you're, okay, you're right, because at the end, they would have probably just been, like, okay, f*** you, and, like, left. Yeah, it's like, you did this, just, you put us through this emotional trauma just to show up at the last minute, like, but, yeah, this all could have been solved if he was just actually a good father, but, <laughs> no. Oh, you said it. Yeah, but there were so many secrets in this household, so many things that the mother, Grace, and Pogo, they were both keeping these secrets for him which was kind of sad because these are the people that kind of like the real family if we're thinking mm-hmm. in any way pogo was more of a father figure than their father was and then grace was their mother of course so it's like these people were keeping these secrets for him and including like vanya's powers they knew about mm-hmm. vanya they knew the power she had in fact grace was made for vanya that was hilarious. The fact that Vanya was so powerful that they needed to make a robot in order to deal with how destructive her powers are. She was a little brat, though. Yeah, she was. Like, let's like, be real. She knew what power she had. She knew she was special. <laughs> and that was a bit of a problem. She did not need to hurt her nannies like that. Bonjour, I am Miss Deffenbacher, and I am your new nanny. <laughs> that was so they do trying to feed her that was so wrong just eat okay just eat your breakfast yeah it's like pogo and grace kept these secrets for him 
they allowed these kids to go on this wild goose, goose chase with the murder mystery. Pogo especially, just encouraging these secrets to remain buried. But it's like, did you have the right to do that? Like, these kids are already messed up enough as it is. Or they're not even kids anymore, but they're kind of act like kids, let's be real. Some of them did not grow and up. Yes. <laughs> Diego. Real men grow nice. I'm kidding. I'm not. Well, Luther I'm not too. Luther, definitely not Luther. Luther did not grow up at all. We're going to talk about his issues because. Full <sighs> in deep dive. Those were the, yeah, the major plot points, the apocalypse, the murder mystery. And then something that was really interesting world building was the Time Bureau. Mm-hmm. Five ends up striking a deal with the Time Bureau at some point in the series in order to protect his family, even though he was secretly still going to stop the apocalypse from happening. He still decided to infiltrate the Time Bureau First off, like the Time Bureau is set, like the the headquarters is in the 1950s, which I found a very interesting choice. Because when you think of the 50s in America, it's a decade that's like associated with conformity. And so mm-hmm. this kind of workplace where everybody has the same desk, the same space, everybody must follow the same time schedule it was very interesting that they chose that for the Time Bureau, which is monitoring the timeline and making sure the timeline remains the same constantly. I kind of just want to jump in really quickly. I feel like the 1950s is kind of has, has some type of significance because I feel like isn't Grace from that time too? Or she kind of seems yes. to be from that timeline. Yeah. Um, Grace is modeled after those... Uh, like the 50s commercial moms that uh, had the perfect dishwashing soap and <laughs> kept so the kids. specific oh my god i mean <laughs> like you can literally look up those commercials they're like i use a crispy Dove. clean <laughs> dishwashing soap it keeps my hands soft and the family happy like <laughs> and my husband he loves it yes like, like <laughs> the husband is sitting at the dinner table and he just nods at behind at the newspaper dishwashing soap yes exactly <laughs> there's like a very specific image of this kind of 1950s i don't know model model of of living i don't really know what it means <laughs> i just uh, i just because the time agency was such a weird it's such a weird thing i'm like these first off the time agencies messed up because they're just like killing people for i don't know i I mean mean, i know it's supposed to protect the timeline but i'm like can't you do something else like i don't know but like my question is who's asking them to protect the timeline who's bringing this all together because i don't see a lot of protection the timeline that has to be maintained yes and like, why is this particular timeline the one you're so focused on keeping? And also, it's kind of ironic, I guess, to see the people who are causing all this pain are literally the, like, meekest workers you'll ever see. Yes. Like, How the, the lady was so, um, she was like, oh, five, do you want to have, have lunch? I know. How's it going? I must have utter silence in order to complete this task. Oh, okay, okay. And then the way they were just trying to, like, suck up to him because they thought he was going to be, like, some kind of leader or boss later on. It's just, like... 
Yeah. Y'all were literally trying to kill him yesterday. And now you're asking him for lunch. Y'all. Oh, my goodness. And the old lady who mailed the 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 mark letters like she was in charge of sending the assassins their tasks and oh yeah she was just so i don't know and it's also so weird how much they emphasize like pension and like health benefits and all this stuff and it's like i i'm still in the thing <laughs> like if you have the power to time travel make a couple bets on like choose some lottery tickets to like lotteries to win or whatever like why are you living this boring nine to five life and also my other question is how are these people chosen they should do a whole episode just about that because that was so interesting yeah because it's like five it's obvious he was already a time traveler but everyone else it's like where did they come from what timeline were they in originally and how did this become their their lives Hazel and Agnes, since we're on the time talk topic. Yes. Um, Hazel and Agnes was an unexpected <laughs> love story. <laughs> what did you, like, did you see that coming? When he started, like, being all cheeky towards her, I was like, okay, but Agnes deserved better. She did. <laughs> she, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> she was such a sweet old lady. And, like, yeah. I don't know. They're they're kind of cute. Other than the fact that he's like a murderer, I I kind of wanted to see him happy. Yeah. Yes. I know. I felt kind of weird. Like, like I was a little conflicted, but you're right. Yeah. We leave in the middle of the night. Two stowaways. <laughs> Let's assume you still want to do this. I understand if Hazel, you want to. Ch- yeah. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Yeah, they were really cute. And Hazel, you know, he had that whole thing for the mundane from the beginning. How he was like watching, I don't know, Property Brothers or something, talking about painting walls. So that was such a random, unexpected love story that I really enjoyed. And I honestly hope to see answers to how that went in season two. I think that would be interesting. Yes, because in the trailer, we do see him, but we don't see her. Mm, but, you know, she was she was definitely a little older than him you know yes <laughs> she's got it i guess you know maybe they lived a long life together and then after she passed he went back to i don't know time doing some kind of time travel something hazel and agnes as they were happening there's just this interesting dynamic between hazel and cha-cha that's going on a lot of it has to do with like <sighs> A rift started building between them around, like, episode five. Klaus was able to use their victims as a way to cause a rift between the two of them because Hazel had a history of letting people go. Mm-hmm. You told me you shot the wife in the alley, and now I'm hearing that you spared her? Come on. Oh, Jesus, Hazel. So already this rift was building between them, and then when they get these orders to kill each other, these fake orders by the way but when they get those orders to kill each other hazel convinces her not to when he's explaining do you know when you're like meant to be sometimes what you want's right in front of you by the time you realize it it's too late mm-hmm. and that convinces her not to kill him in the moment so i was wondering if she had like feelings for yes, him. yes that's what i thought too 
because she was mad when he was he went back for Agnes and he was like talking to her and he gave her a hug and a kiss or whatever. Like she was like, oh, yeah. that mother, you know. Okay, future Alana, I was just testing ways to censor words in this podcast and I decided to use Gerard Way's cover of Hazy Shade of Winter. Yes, that was very abrupt, but it made me laugh so hard just now that I'm just going to leave it in. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it seemed like she wanted something different out of life. She enjoyed the job, Mm -hmm. for one. Hazel was always looking for something different, but I think Cha-Cha enjoyed the job and she enjoyed doing it with Hazel. So it's, that was kind of an unrequited love story that ended with so much animosity, but yeah. One relationship that I thought was really well done in this show was the relationship between Allison and Vanya. This I got so invested in this because from the beginning, Allison really wanted to be a better sister. Like she really started reflecting on how she had been treating Vanya and Allison in general. Oh my God. Let me talk about Allison for a minute because I feel like the first time I watched this show, I didn't appreciate her as much as I did this time around. But Allison constantly is reflecting on herself and trying to be better. She It's coming from a place of her having lost everything, you know, losing mm-hmm. her marriage and having this battle over her child. She could use her powers, but she refuses to. That's what was interesting when she was hunting Vanya down, when she was trying to find her to protect her from Leonard. Allison never used her powers at all when she was trying to find her because she was trying to do it the right way. And I really appreciate that about her character. But basically, Allison confronts Vanya. She finds Vanya and learns about Vanya's powers. Allison has a memory from their childhood of her using her powers on Vanya and telling her that she isn't special. And while Allison didn't really think of this memory that much, it's like the kind of memory that resurfaces when when things click into place. She realized, oh my God, this whole time I have kind of known about your powers and I'm the reason why you haven't believed in yourself at all. And so this moment was a really devastating moment because it's like, you know Allison didn't mean to. And so there's a lot of tension building and Vanya's powers start resonating like, and things start shaking and it starts getting really scary. Allison's getting scared and worried. And she asks first and foremost if Vanya's okay. So it still shows that she cares about her sister. So I really like that Allison's constantly trying to re- reach out to her sister in this way. But he- unfortunately... When Vanya's powers get too strong, Allison threatens to use her power. She's like, I'm warning you. And she starts to say, I heard a rumor. And then Vanya says, slit, like cuts her throat. And this was like, I think this was the most shocking part of the whole show for Mm -hmm. me. I think this was something I didn't see coming at all because it was so tense. It was the most painful moment in the entire time. And I guess going back a little bit more to like Allison... I think the reason why she's so self-reflective is because she she's a mother. And I feel like that mm. really affects the way she sees other people because she just, she knows like she when she talks to she's like, do you know what it feels like to like love somebody and like feel like you're dying if you're not with them? Mm. I feel like she's experienced a lot of pain 
through having a power that's kind of like the ultimate power you know like she can get anything she could have anything and i think that all of that brought her experiences and i think that it's also because she had a lot of hurtful experiences when she's reflecting on her powers at one point you hear all the like rumors yes. that she's like said i heard a rumor that you like i heard a rumor you left me i heard a rumor alone. that you stop crying i heard a rumor that i, I get it in one i heard a rumor that you think i'm perfect for this i heard a rumor that you love me um and one of them was i heard a rumor that you love me i think that's one that like kind of affected me the most because like it was in that moment i'm assuming that she said it towards her then husband and that's why mm -hmm. they got together and it was in that moment that i kind of realized how uh, i don't want to say how wild she went with her powers but how consumed she got by it and yeah having lost her daughter and having lost all of these things made her realize what's important and she really focuses on that and she really tries to become a better person like you said she really reflects on herself yeah and then mentioning that she like went overboard with her powers that might show why she's even more empathetic towards vanya because then she might know what she's going through she knows how it feels to be overwhelmed by by your own powers and having that control your life she knows how that feels i found really interesting that this whole time Banya was kind of regaining her voice and i thought of this kind of exchange like a trading of power like when they were kids allison stole vanya's power mm. not only by taking her literal power away but by saying that she wasn't special so it's like both a physical and psychological thing yeah and then the same thing happened here vanya stole allison's power by taking away her voice and i was like that's like that's i don't deep. know i found it really yeah that was deep i was like <laughs> wow that's pretty wild how it's both a physical and metaphorical claiming of power mm -hmm. let's let's start talking about the person i like the least you know what i'm not even going to use the word like i hate him i <laughs> oh hate my Luther. god first i want to talk about luther's relationship with his father i do have some empathy for luther you know just like everyone else just like all the other kids he had his own messed up childhood involving his father and like adulthood involving his father because he stuck around he should have left with everyone else but Anyway, uh, first and foremost, there was the whole gorilla thing. <laughs> we talked a tiny bit about it last time, but we didn't like... I don't think we ex full on talk about no, it. No, we didn't say... We didn't explain it. Yeah. So he has a gorilla so, body. <laughs> yeah, Singer. he has a gorilla body. His father sent him on a mission alone. R.I.P. Luther's abs. It was a sad day. <laughs> Bro, I'm not going to lie. Seeing him when he was the normal person, I was like... Okay, Allison, I get what you're going through. Like, <laughs> your it's brother really was sad. hot. <laughs> so, Luther got in some kind of chemical accident, something, some kind of explosion. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, they don't some really kind of accident that. where he's critically wounded and his father decides to give him a gorilla body. I don't know how that. I think it was just like there's something about like apes that might be like more resistant or something like that or maybe that yeah, like something Luther does often is he jumps in front of people like he seems to be pretty bulletproof so I feel like it enhanced his strength a bit yeah. so it seemed more of a selfish thing on his his father's part than a necessary thing 
I think his father saw, not only is this an opportunity to save my son, but also give him extra power. But it's like... I hadn't thought of that. I thought he, I think he did it just because he wanted to save his son and maybe that was the only way. It's possible. But you're right. Maybe he, maybe he, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm like, if you can give your son a gorilla body, I'm sure you could give him a human body. You I know? thought, I guess what went on in my mind is I thought that maybe because that um, vaccine or whatever he gave him, that wasn't a vaccine, whatever injection he gave him turned him so strong. It probably like, it healed his past like, mm. like injuries like what he was like dying from and that's what made was able to get him to continue because like he sent him to the moon because he kind of wanted to forget what he did to him so i don't think he wanted to like yeah. oh remember when he talked to when hargreaves talks to klaus klaus he was ashamed of giving him that yeah too. he's like it was a mistake to send him away and like he kind of tells him like oh the reason didn't you just send him away because of like what you did to him at least that's kind of what I remember from Dang. it. So he was ashamed of one thing in his life, possibly. Yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, that's one of the mistakes I did. And I was like, yeah, you're right, because you shouldn't have sent him into that mission alone. Yeah, so that brings us to the moon mission, which was fake. The moon mission was fake. He just sent him on the, he just said, I'm just going to send my son on the moon to sit on the moon. There was no reason to it. So that's horrible to have four years of your life wasted on the moon. Yeah, and when he finds out about this, this really, like, it brings him down. Because he, he literally, like, him. he was, his problem is that he was always trying to be the best, and he was always told that he was the best. And he sometimes was, yes. you can't, like, oh my God. you have to, like, give people, like, some humility, because he always thought of himself as the best. Like, there was always some purpose to what he was doing. He was number one, right? So, mm-hmm. as he got older, he lost everyone but he was still going at it because he thought that it was his job and he always thought that it was his job to be like the leader or whatever he was like this is my dude and i think that's his problem is that he needs to realize that like everyone else is equal to him and he's not the only one who t- has to take on these burdens i have a lot of empathy towards him because like i'm also a first child so i know what it feels like to like have all this pressure to like you know do everything right i guess but I think that he just really messed up when he you can't always follow the rules I guess like they left he should have left you, your parents are always right oh my god yes okay <laughs> so much to unpack going into Luther sucks a brief <laughs> essay I'm, I'm pulling this out right now because I was really I was re-watching the the series this morning actually I was re-watching the end and I was like, I remember why I hated you so much. So <sighs> Luther puts himself above everyone else. Like the name number one went to his head. Mm-hmm. He acts like his word is the word. And that bothers me so much. So when in the episode where the family learns that Vanya is the one that slit Allison's throat, um, even though Allison made it out alive but still that's like 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 yikes (laughs) anyway luther locks her up and all of the other siblings are like we have a responsibility to help her as our as our sister like despite the fact that they're not close to her they still acknowledge her as a part of this family but he makes an executive decision is like no we're leaving her in there allison herself vanya's actual victim begs him to let her go 
And I'm like, for someone who like claims to love Allison, you would think that he would value her input. But no, he's just like, oh, no, we must leave her in there because I'm the leader and that's what we're going to do. And I'm like, I kind of saw this as a like a mom, like him acting like kind of like a father figure and Alice and Allison being like the mother figure, you know, like the dad's always the one who makes like stereotypically like the decisions, the hard mm-hmm. decisions, like the punishments or whatever. And the mom was always there to try to like calm things down and be like kind of stand up for the children or whatever. So I kind of saw it as that. And I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. He made the worst decision. He shouldn't have done that. I just, but think also Luther has, I think that I saw it as like, he loves Vanya and he loves his family. And I think that he was just, he didn't know how to handle the situation. So he wanted to kind of go back. Yeah. Or like, he just didn't know how to handle it. I will say that is like a stressful situation to deal with. <laughs> I mean, what do you do when you find out your sister has some kind of world ending destructive power? But I don't know. It's just the way that he would speak like Pogo and dad knew. And because they knew we have to keep her in here because they said she's dangerous. And it's like, he's still so trusting of his father's judgment after every, that's another, I'm going to bring that point up in a second. But I think he just showed this history of like throwing his family under the bus. He was so quick when, when they were suspecting that Grace murdered their father, he was so quick to stop calling her mom. Yeah, He was just like, Grace. And it's like, you don't know if she killed him or not. You were literally willing to, I mean, I know she's a robot, but he was willing to dehumanize her just because of the way he saw her. Yeah, he definitely sees things too black and white. Yeah. Like he has this superhero complex where he's like, there's good and there's bad. And it's like, mm, not really, mm. you know, and not until you know everything. Yeah, there's the thing about his father. He still respects his father despite everything he did. And, like, there's this scene where Luther and Diego are arguing about their father. And then Diego's like, you should have, like, left the moon. Like, dad didn't care. And then Diego's like, you were doing useless work up there. And Luther was like, last I checked, you mopped floors. And I was like, excuse you. You've been living off your daddy's money for your little hero endeavors on the moon. For what? Diego's out here living life. He actually yeah. is living life. And you've been living in this house for years. So anyway. Not the best life, but he's me. definitely living it. Not the best life. Not the but best that's, life. But I mean, that's the point, right? You're supposed to live life, um, have these experiences that help you grow, be able to look back at your life and be like, even though it, it sucked, it was my decision. And I think that that's yeah. something that like Luther Luther's- can't really say because he just followed his dad mm-hmm. so blindly. Luther's life was never his. That's very sad, but yeah, everything was what his father wanted and what his father wished. Luther never followed his own dreams, which... (sighs) So that brings me to... I'm just going to make one last point about how Luther only cares about himself and his problems, despite the fact he always claims to do what's best for everyone. It goes back to that whole comment about he how he judges other people he's so quick to judge other people he easily accuses his siblings of murder and he shames them for speaking ill will towards their father and yet when he discovers that his father sent him to the moon he throws a pity party and now the pity party is not a bad thing it's a reasonable thing it's like dang you just discovered something horrible but 
It's the fact that he judged everyone else for letting their mm-hmm. feelings prevent them from completing the mission. It's like, guys, we have to stop the apocalypse. We need to stick together. But then the next day, he's like, dad sent me to the moon, so I'm going to sit here and pout despite the pending apocalypse. Literally, he was just sitting in the coffee shop like, y'all don't need me. I can't he's- go with y'all. And then they were like, Allison's in trouble. And he was like, suddenly I care again. It's like, you're such a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm done. With all of it, with him, with you, with this family. But Allison deserves better than that. Allison, what are you talking about? She decided to go after Harold Jenkins alone. You should have led with that. I don't know if I can... I don't know if I should say that he's like a narcissist, but he definitely thinks that everything's around him. Like he when the apocalypse thing narcissistic happens, he literally, he's like, okay, we have to look at the stuff that I sent dad because I know that dad sent me up that like his father sent him up there exactly, he's for something. Of- and he thinks that it's all around him. And it's like, and when it's not all around him, he gets really depressed. And it's a yeah, really, it's like, it's not about you. Boo. He needs to it's fix not that. about you. I, oof. Just for his own health. We get you have good intentions, but just self-reflect a little, you know? Do what Allison did. Yeah, he just needs some self-reflection. He has some good elements to his character because you see how he protects Mm -hmm. and defends his siblings. And he is a good leader. He does show great leadership skills, except for when he locks Vanya up. I think that was a huge slip up. But in general, he's very good at leading everyone although i could say that five is better at leading everyone but that's <laughs> poor five <laughs> he just needs to have a childhood <laughs> so speaking of five uh, four has this conversation with five about how when five thinks that they've succeeded in avoiding the apocalypse four is like your high is gone like yeah four could or or clouds <laughs> calling him by his number but you know i mean same thing but clouds recognized that he was um he was an addict. Missing the high of just like that apocalypse. And there's just this emphasis. Hazel had a conversation with Five too, like talking about how his family's messed up and then saying, well, now you have the opportunity to live and to grow. been chasing this thing for so long. I, I never really thought about the day after. I found this very interesting that at the end, Five takes Dolores back <laughs> to the mall. <laughs> This was a symbolic moment, I think, because even though they had many, many years together. Three decades. Him and this half mannequin. She was half mannequin in the apocalypse, too. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. You can say it. You always were an unlikely pair. He knew it was time to take her back home and, and let her go. Because he needs to grow now. He has a new, a new life. And unfortunately, the chapter, his life with Dolores, had to end. This isn't easy for me, Dolores. And I, I want you to know that I cherish every single minute I ever shared with you. I, didn't, I would have never guessed that Dolores liked sequence, But, you know, the more you know. Excuse me, miss. Yeah? Could you give that mannequin something new to wear? She likes it. Oh my god. Uh, he just put her in the department store and that lady was just looking at I'm like, they're gonna throw that mannequin out. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dolores ain't gonna be there much longer. That's what you do for oh somebody who god. spent 30 years with you. Hmm. At the end, Vanya brings about 
the whole apocalypse. Like we thought, oh my God, can they stop the apocalypse? They get to Vanya in time. They kind of stop her, but then she, I don't know, breaks the moon. That was so confusing. (laughs) Like how it all went down was, I was thinking, you know, you could have done like a tsunami type of thing because of her control of like the like like sound maybe she could like cause some kind of earthquake or something but it was so weird like how did something just like like a laser beam come out of her and hit the moon and destroy everything just a huge asteroid shower from the moon i'm i'm i don't know she (laughs) it just happened (laughs) but yeah so they weren't able to stop the apocalypse but then they realized we could go back in time, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, we need more time. And they were like, let's try this. So yeah, that's what we're left with. We're, we're left with everybody finally standing hand in hand. Still a messed up family, but I mean, I guess here they were together going into the past with their inner children. That's something interesting. The inner children of everyone. Mm-hmm. Like oh, Vanya... Vanya, as an example, the reason why she kind of like burst, the reason why she was overwhelmed by her powers was because of technically her inner child started talking to oh, her. Oh, yeah, that was and talking weird. to her about the patterns of how these things keep happening and how, how her family keeps locking her away and denying her. I thought of this idea of like the wounded inner child mm-hmm. just coming yeah. out and completely wreaking havoc because of the wounds, the, the open wounds. So I am thinking of basically at this end, we, we kind of see them all as kids. And so I'm like, that's interesting that we, we see them as kids and continue to think of all the wounds that happened to them when they were younger, but how they, how they might grow from this. Okay. So questions left unanswered towards the end we see Reginald Hargreaves as a younger man with, I don't know, a wife or something, someone yes. he loves who's dying. And he's like, she's like, take my violin. It's a prized possession. And he's like, yes. And then we look outside and we're like, wait, is this Earth? I know. That was so weird. <laughs> so it's like, who is he? Simple answer, an immigrant. Longer, more confusing answer, an alien from outer space. I'm like, what? I know. I was I was confused. When huh? he like the little lantern thing that he had when he opened it, I was like, is that her soul leaving? I was like, are are those the little uh miracle babies? Like is that <gasps> oh are they gonna God. like that's what I was I thinking. I never thought about but then, And that's why he went to go get them. Cook go <gasps> Yes. I thought I thought those were related somehow. What if they were all his kids? I don't think they're his kids, but I think that I was thinking what maybe if, it like, was that's connected. like in their early alien race, that's how they like that's how they give birth. Yeah. <laughs> so he that's why he collected them all. But I really don't know what was happening there. Or even if they're not his kids, like maybe they're they all come from the same place that he does, which is yeah. why he wanted to like keep them, them or you know, collect, collect them. them. Was because he knew how to because like it was a little bit like like he knew that they had powers. How did he know that? Other, mm-hmm. Like he knew how to like get them to. How did he know how to? How did he, like present them? It takes a lot to collect a bunch of babies that were like miraculously born. So he had to know it was coming somehow. Yeah. Next, 
was that God on a bicycle? Okay. <laughs> Klaus kind of like died for a minute and that's how he ended up running into his father. But first he runs into this little girl on a bicycle and then they have a conversation. And at first you're like, what is this conversation? I know. And then he's like, wait, did you create all of this? And so you're like, wait, is this God? <laughs> so you, you made us, you made me? Well, I made everything else. Why must I made you? It's just such a three minute little conversation. And is this like heaven? Is this, it was kind of dreamlike. Mm-hmm. The way that he walked from the pasture and ended up in a barber shop. It was like perhaps in this world, the afterlife is a kind of dreamlike place mm-hmm. where spirits go. And I think the girl on the bicycle was God, but we. I, <laughs> I didn't. Okay, the one thing that bothered me is that, in my opinion, I like to think of God as like an all loving being and she was like yeah i don't really like you she and i was like oh. i was like dang i was like wow i made you so i can pick and choose oh maybe it's like a higher organization above the time traveling one <laughs> where it's like that's her case earth that would be even trippier i so i wonder if they're literally going to leave that unanswered if that's just gonna be one experience that Klaus had and then we're just going to be like confused about it or or if it's going to become something stronger in the lore of this show if there's going to be more things related to that if Klaus is ever going to go back although it seemed like she didn't want him to come back so (laughs) are there any questions left unanswered that you can think of any weird moments from the show that left you asking are we going to come back to this um, I, I think my question is I want to just know more about the how much their powers can develop because I want to, like, yes. is all <gasps> Luther gets strength? Is all Diego gets the ability to, like, control things he throws? Because that's sad. That I know a little bit. <gasps> so this morning I watched the Netflix release of the f- opening scene, mm-hmm. and it was... They were on another level than they'd been before. Okay. And I was like, what changed in the past five seconds that y'all are suddenly like pros at your powers? Okay, so I'm excited about yes. that. Um, but I think more of my questions are about like I watched the trailer for season two. And mm-hmm. one of my main questions was that we see Allison being able to use her power again. How yes. did she just go back and she's like i'm good oh wait did they go back as kids and then grow up that's something i'm wondering oh my god it seems like from the trailer they got separated so i'm wondering when did they get separated and also at what ages did they get separated like was it some kind of split where some of them ended up they'd only been there for three years but some of them had a whole 20 year lifespan in a different era And then somebody just showed up a week ago. Like, that's what I'm thinking is like, because five described time travel is like, what's the word? Unpredictable. He described it as unpredictable. I'm wondering if each of them ended up stuck in different places. Oh my God. In different times and different spaces. I think that might've been what happened because in the trailer, we see that Klaus is some kind of like cult leader. (laughs) um yeah (laughs) and they probably thought he was like jesus everybody kind of looks different 
I think they did go back as kids and then they grew up because it looks like Diego was put like in a psych ward. Oh no, Diego in a psych ward. Oh no. Because he probably went back and he was probably like, this isn't my time. Like I'm supposed to do this, this. And they were probably like, goodbye. And let's be real. Diego's not like the most, he's not the kind of guy to be very disciplined. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He probably started throwing some knives somewhere and people were like, what are you doing? Real but yeah, I feel like it seemed like five just kind of landed in the mess. So I feel like five was the only yeah, one yeah, who yeah, ended yeah. up where he was supposed to be. And everyone probably like grew up yeah. in different places. So that's going to be really interesting. It's I'm excited to see it. Um, but also, OK, one of my things with the trailer also was that I don't I hope they like address it. But to me, it kind of feels like they're doing like a reset button and they're just like putting the same characters in another situation where they have to have this mission or whatever. But I kind of want want them to go back and discuss some of the underlying issues they have between like Vanya and Luther and him mm-hmm. locking her up. I want to see a Vanya and Luther showdown. Well, never mind. He'll lose easily, but <laughs> he, he'll lose. I definitely don't want to see Luther and Allison because <laughs> I hate Luther. And that's weird anyway. <laughs> it's a weird relationship. But she does love him. Like, remember when she said that, like, she, okay, so another thing that happens during the first season is that when Five makes the deal, everything that was going to happen before him making the deal kind of happened and then it all rewinded. Yeah, there was a day that happened and a day that didn't. Yes. So one of the things that happened was that Allison and Luther kind of confessed to each other. Um, and she was like, you know, every guy that I've ever, you know, been with, I've kind of been thinking about your, like, I've modeled him after you, whatever. The Dancing with the Moonlight sequence, that was random, but, I, you know, that was fun. <laughs> they just started dancing, and I was like, okay. But, you know, it's it, it emphasized that idea of what could have been. Yeah. Especially since he wasn't full-on gorilla in that scene. Um, he had his normal like human body so it was really interesting to i don't know if i would call that body normal (laughs) no at the time in the in the dancing sequence he he was in oh (laughs) i get i hear i get now i get it now anyway so (laughs) yeah it was that entire episode was just emphasizing what could have been like klaus could have seen the person he loved what was Diego doing that episode? Was he going to go after the people that killed Pastor? or was he just I chilling? think he did kill them. Like, I think that was his plan, was to go after them. Klaus was going to see the one he loved. What's his name? Dave. Yeah, Klaus was going to see Dave. And Allison and Luther were just dancing. <gasps> Wait, could Klaus go back and see his, like, his, um, his love again? <gasps> you think he could save Dave before, you Could know? he? If I was him, that would be one of my priorities. He seems a little caught up in that cult from the trailer. To be honest, yes. I'm like, did he start this cult or did he like take over this cult? He definitely is the kind of person to start a cult. Yeah. He just has that personality where people would like be like, oh my God. I mean, and think if he materialized out of nowhere, they'd be like, (gasps) anyway, final thoughts for season one. Uh, Time to rate it. How many black coffees? <laughs> black coffee beans? Five, five was all Wait. about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, all about his coffee. So how many cups of coffee would you rate this? I would rate it 
Like a 95 out of 100 cups of coffee. Oh, you enjoyed it that much? Uh, 90. Mm. 93. 93 out of 100 cups of coffee. Because I really like kind of like action movies and stuff like that. And I like how much mystery there is in there. And I like how much there is to discover still. But there's just a couple parts like the beginning was a little bit slow. Yeah. But then in the end, it just, it like, it went like really slow and then it started to get faster and faster. And then the end, like with all that happened with the apocalypse and stuff, Literal it kind of felt like random. <laughs> yeah. It like just it was just exploded. like, exploded. how does this happen? Yeah. What about you? I'll give it, hmm, I'll give it seven cups of coffee out of 10. Oh, wow. Yes. This, Am I, do I just rate everything really high? I feel like... <laughs> I, decided, I decided to rate it a 7 instead of higher. I really I really loved it. I just... Hmm, why do I rate it this way? Uh, well, Luther sucks, but <laughs> that's not why I'm rating it <laughs> a 7 out of 10. I think it's just... It's a really fun show. It has, its, it has its flaws. It has... I think sometimes the pacing was a little... The pacing was a little inconsistent. And, you know, Leonard was... was predictable but you know that's not necessarily a bad thing for something to be predictable as long as it's still entertaining it doesn't really matter if it's predictable but that's that's why i'd rate it a seven out of ten still positive still excited for season two okay so last thing i'd like to say about it is that you know what i'm glad leonard died (laughs) and even though he had a painful death he kind of deserved it he did he was really pushing vanya towards the end like dude like the first chair that he killed she did not deserve it. She, she was annoying, but not. she didn't deserve that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, nobody deserves murder. Okay. Nobody deserves murder. Except for Leonard. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> it was coming to him. It was, it was karma. Yeah, even the way he killed his dad, by the way. Like, very... He couldn't have poisoned him. He had to go full freaking hammer. Well, I mean... I mean, his dad sucked, so... <laughs> But not, not saying he should have murdered him, just saying. All right, that's it for today's episode. I hope it was delectable. Ooh, for next week's episode, you know, I've gotten some feedback and I think I'm gonna change our pace a little bit. Okay, and I feel like a lot of the things that we've been doing has been kind of like action or like sci fi and stuff, and we're gonna go to a good old romance <gasps> wait movie. wait they're not my favorite but are we watching what i think we're watching please tell me please what do you think we're watching are we watching the kissing booth movies yes, yes! The kissing oh booth. my god i was gonna i was gonna choose this if you didn't choose this i really wanted to because i saw the trailer for kissing booth 2 and i remembered how much i was kissing booth the first one i was like this movie is dumb but i i don't i'm not saying that in a if you enjoy kissing it's, booth like you know i don't no judgment at all i i just saw a lot of problems with it but it's it's one of those movies that you just like it's you know a guilty pleasure where it's like we'll we'll talk about it next week yes we'll talk about it. there's a lot to say yay i'm but, so excited um, look forward to that <laughs>